This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome all of you that are watching or listening to The Warning Program. Today, I have a special guest, Pastor Jeff Hastings, Reset Church, Marysville, Washington. Pastor Jeff, welcome to The Warning Program. Thank you very much. It's good to be with you. Well, I'll tell you what, it's it's great being with you. I met Jeff at, at a uh, meeting, and we're only people that are on top of reality attend. Right. And uh, I've been wanting to meet him. Somebody told me about him before, and so here you are. So, uh, Jeff, uh, you and I are on the same page. We understand the responsibility of the church. Mm-hmm. We understand when the church is not doing its job, that nation falls apart. Correct. And the church in America, to a great extent, is dysfunctional. It is. Now, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the dysfunctional church and and why it's dysfunctional, but uh, uh, why don't you give a little history of yourself and, and what brought you up to this point? Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, uh, it really goes back and, you know, naturally just occurred for me in the first ministry that I was sent out okay. to. I sent out to Tillamook, Oregon to rescue a church that had flamed out. Wow. And uh, in that process, I mean, you know, they sent out an evangelist and he grew it up and blew it up. My. And uh, so then I went out and I've got, you know, more of a teaching and foundation building ministry. So sure. I had to go back and rebuild that church. But in the meantime, I just naturally got involved, uh, you know, civically. Okay. I, I started attending county commissioner meetings and just sitting there, just praying primarily because I wanted to know how to pray for my county. Good. And pretty soon the commissioner stopped their meeting one day and they said, excuse us, um, who are you and do you want to talk to us? We've noticed you've been here for several weeks. Wow. And that's when I was able just to introduce myself and let them know, no, really, I'm here just to hear and pray for you all and uh, to pray for our county, which blew them away. Yeah. They, they've never had anybody come to their county commission meetings without a request. My goodness. So that started a relationship. Um, and pretty soon, one of those county commissioners ended up in the church. And because it was also Coast Guard Reserve member, uh, a chief ended up in the church and come to find out they were exes. Oh, my. And so, you know, the power of reconciliation, restoration, you could see that. But I also was involved in the minister, minister's association there. Go to a lot of boring meetings. Yeah. But I was trying to build relationship. You bet. You see, I was a young. I was only 27 years old when my, I started my. the ministry. And, and uh, uh, one day I was in the Safeway. It was the largest grocery store in, in the town. And I saw a pastor at the end of the aisle. And he saw me come around the corner at the end of the aisle. Okay. And he ducked around and ran away wow and i thought what that's weird you know and because uh, i just thought all pastors loved each other sure all churches get along they all cooperate they all get together this was my you know i was a young naive first time i understand i understand uh but i didn't let that deter me i just kept going building relationship building relationship uh, pretty soon we had the opportunity we started a countywide prayer team okay and uh, and working together with other churches, and they all said and done, we had seventy five percent of the churches in Tillamook County putting money down to do joint evangelistic uh, outreaches. Wow! So from zero cooperation to that level of cooperation throughout the county, we put the Jesus video in almost every home. 
Wonderful. That was one of the things. And uh, that countywide prayer team is still going. Now, you know, Tillamook proper is only 4,000 people. Yes, yes. And uh, there are times when they had 500 people show up for a prayer meeting. My goodness. In that little town. Isn't that something? The county, yeah. So an amazing, that's, that story's still going on down there. Uh, you know, after the pastors started trusting each other, then we'd do things, you know, they had the June Dairy Parade, okay, which was the largest parade outside of the Rose Festival Parade in Portland. Wow. In the entire state. So yes. We'd do floats, stuff like that. The prayer summits, you've heard of the- I have. The pastors' prayer summits, we started, those are still going on to this day, and they still invite me to come back- My and, and goodness. And participate with them. Um, we even- started an intercessory prayer team where I had two other pastors from two different churches, members from their congregation. We would eat a meal weekly and then go out and do prophetic acts throughout the county. We actually created cedar stakes and put scrolls of scripture, 70 scriptures inside these stakes. Wow. And we would go to every entryway into the county and pray over it and bless it and just dedicate the county to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. My goodness. So a lot of that. So a lot of uh, working together because, um, you know, I, I believe that the pastors need to be first. Yeah. We need to go first, just like we see in Joshua chapter three, right? The priests with the ark had to go into the floodwaters. That's right. Before it would recede. Well, we're in floodwaters today. We are. We're, 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 we're in deep. <laughs> we're going to get to that. Right. But the pastors aren't going, right? That's they're, right. They're not doing the Jericho march. They're not the ones with the trumpets to their lips. Yes. Uh, and I don't get this. They're lagging behind. And so I've never been that one. I've always been the one that's out front. Praise the Lord. And, uh, you know, it's it easily said, and I think you would agree with this, that we need a restoration of the Black Robe Regiment. We have to. We have yeah. to. And in order to save this nation, and the pastors need to, to lead the way to freedom. And so bring that up to fast forward today. Right through our church, we're we're doing everything we can. I host town halls. Okay, you know we helped uh, bring in all of the school board members that were running for position. All right, and, and gave them the the podium to to pitch why you should vote for me. Sure, sure. Uh, things like that. Candidate forums with both sides of the aisle coming. Didn't matter what political party. I don't care what political party you are. Come on in. Tell us why you we should vote for you. Sure. And so we host that at Reset Church. All of that. Um, those kind of things. And then I'm also a PCO. Wow. And now a state committee man. Okay. Doing all of this because I believe that as a pastor, I need to be out there. I think, you know, it's time that people forget about politics. And let's just talk about civics. There you go. Our civic duty. I mean, because it was everybody in the beginning, didn't matter who you were. That's right. Educated, uneducated, uh, the founding of this nation. But we do know that the foundation of this nation was based on the Bible and the word of God. That's right. And, and pastors have, in the past, uh, continued to lead our freedom. Yes. Like you said, you had the Black Robe Brigade. Uh, you had pastors that were became the officers in the American Revolution. Yes. In the past, the, the pastors understood their God-given responsibility to lead and protect a nation. And, and but today, you see they're, they're afraid. It's gone. They're like, I'll lose people if I do this. Yeah. It, it, they have forgotten the history, and they mm. really don't seem to know their responsibility uh, in a nation. Correct. We're supposed to be the conscience of a nation. Yes. yes. And they've seemed to forget that. Uh, so 
Let's go back to this then, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is a pastor's responsibility in a nation? Well, you know, we need to be the voice of reason. We've got to show the nation the way. We've got to stand up. Pastors need to. And, and, and for me, I think it, it, it all boils down to, uh, are you spending enough time in the word? There you go. Do you understand the prophetic revelation past all the way to the future? Yes. What is the plan of God? There you go. And I don't see God taking, you know, pastors out of that equation. In fact, I see us, we should be leading in every area of society. We should. You know, some people call them mountains, whatever you want to call them, spheres, whatever that is. We understand that we should be the leaven of the kingdom in the loaf of the world. And so in order to to change the course, and that really comes down to what Jesus said. You know, Jesus said, I will build my church. That's right. The word church, ecclesia, right? That's right. What it means is amazing. If, if, if they really study it out, people really study that out, that word ecclesia has everything to do with being a governing, a ruling body. Yes, yes. And uh, for the Greeks in their day, it was an assembly of people authorized to govern the affairs of a city, state, or nation. That's right. And for the Romans, it was a governing body sent into a conquered region. Not only to govern, but to affect and alter the culture so that they would become like Rome. There you go. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening, watching the warning program today. Special guest, Pastor Jeff Hastings, Reset Church, Marysville, Washington. You know, you mentioned about being involved in the nation. We should be involved in government, in the media, arts and entertainment, Mm -hmm. business, education, religion, and family. Uh, we are supposed to be salt and light. We're supposed to influence yes. the nation. Yeah. If right. we don't influence the nation for righteousness, then evil men influence the nation yes. for unrighteousness, for evil. And the people groan. And the people not only groan, but the the people are persecuted. Mm-hmm. The church is persecuted. Yes. We lose our freedoms. We come under tyranny. Yes. But when the righteous rule... The people prosper. Our freedoms are protected. And uh, Jeff, we're in a situation in America right now that they're trying to take away our freedoms. Yes. And I'll tell you bluntly, I blame the church. I do too. It's the blame lies in the pulpit. Exactly. Exactly. And you and I have been, and we are ministers. I'm ordained. I've been for a long, long time. I've pastored five churches. Right now I'm leading World Ministries International. But I've always known my God-given responsibility. Jesus said to make disciples of all nations, nations. to occupy, yes. to take dominion, to yes. rule, to reign. Correct. You know, people have this false impression. All they have to do is is pray. And uh, uh, let me tell you something. Jesus isn't coming out of heaven to save your nation. No. He went to heaven, but he gave you that responsibility. Go and tarry. Be mm. my witness. Correct. Be my disciple. Be my ambassador. Mm-hmm. You go. We've been given and save a nation. We've been given the authority of Christ. That's right. That's right. And, and he so, was given all authority. All authority. And and you know, but the church today, uh, Pastor Jeff, they don't seem to understand. Jesus did say, "Go and tarry." Yes. Until you're baptized mm-hmm. with my power, Amen. My dunamis released energy, so I can continue to work through you, and you can do signs and wonders. Amen. And and people today, they don't take the Holy Spirit and the baptism seriously. No, and they not. think they can do it in their own ability. 
No. They, 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 they waffle. They keep their mouths shut. They're like Peter that <laughs> lied and ran and hid. That's what the church is today. Yes. Jeff? Yes. The church is just like Peter when Jesus was being taken away f- to be crucified, to yes. be tried. Yes. yes. The scripture says Peter followed at a distance. That's right. And following at a distance, and you can tell a Christian who's following at a distance because when they get pressure put on them, they curse and they swear. That's right. And they deny. That's right. Or like you said earlier, they see you coming and they run away. Or they run. Because <laughs> because yes. they don't want to right. meet you. Yeah. Because they don't know what to say. And sometimes even um, they've given themselves so much over to the enemy that uh, inside of them, they don't like you. That's true. Yeah. When I was first born again, again, because I had a, I had, an, I had a, a bad period in life. Okay. But uh, when I came back, and I came full in. Okay. Full okay. on in flames, and and I was working one day, and another guy, same name, Jeff, grabbed me by my shirt collar. Wow. And doubled his fist, and said, I am going to punch your lights out if you don't quit being so happy. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So just a funny little side story. but Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I've traveled the nations. I've, I've received a fair amount of, of, of attacks and, and uh, some of the worst, if I want to say, attacks I've gone through in nations would be uh, leaders that are backslidden. Uh, leaders mm. uh, in adultery, things like this. Mm. I remember I was I was a, a presbyter dealing with uh, sins in in that denomination and in that area, and uh, I, you know, all of a sudden now these people work with the government, just like Judas, mm. you know, and and they make charges against you, and all oh. of a sudden uh, oh. your worst enemies sometimes come from the church. Yes. Jeff? Yes, they do. I know pastors, you know, 90% of them, now these are pastors that have gone through seminary. That's a lot of education. Yes. And within 10 years, they have left the ministry. 10 years. Mm, That's sad. Because they are so heartsick Mm -hmm. over what people have done to them. They pour out their lives for people Mm -hmm. instead of being loyal and faithful. Uh they break their hearts. Yeah. 90% of ministers have left the ministry. These are people that have put a lot of training, mm-hmm. seminary, and 10 years, they're out. 90% are out of the ministry. But did they have the infilling? Well, there you go, Pastor Jeff. I think that's everything. You know, it's... I it, think that's it, everything. It is. When, when I left Tillamook, I had one of the pastors come up and said, I have to confess. Wow. And he was he was an educated man. Okay, he had degrees. Okay, he was a, in a denomination. Yes, and he said, "I hated you." Wow, and he literally said, "I mean it. I hated yeah, you. I, I believe it." And he said, "Because you just were always pressing for unity. You were always trying to get us together. You were always leading the charge." Wow. And then when God got a hold of me through this and humbled me, and filled me with his spirit, I have to say, thank you. My, my, my. So a shift, and that shift only came because 
one of his sons opened his heart and his eyes to the infilling, the power that comes presence, that, that ability. Jesus said that we would do the same things he did and even greater things. We can't do that unless we have that very distinct experience. Water baptism is not enough. That, oh, totally. All good things start with baptism. Yes, yes. The first baptism is water baptism. And the next one is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There without, you go. Without Holy Spirit actively present, infilling, then you're susceptible to that failure you're talking about. Well, Jesus said, don't even try to represent me until you're baptized with the Holy Spirit. Mm. Go and tarry until you're baptized. Correct. Don't even try it. Right. But people try it all the time and they nullify the Holy Spirit, act Mm. like they don't need it. But then what are they doing? They're trying it in their own merit, their own efforts. In other words, their own vanity. Agreed. And because of self-preservation, they keep their mouth shut so they're not attacked. Mm-hmm. They do. Yeah. You, you've got to be filled with the power of God, the spirit of God. God has to walk through you or you can't represent him effectively. Pastor Amen. Jeff? Amen. That's, that's so true. Absolutely true. And I don't know. You know, I, I, I guess for me, I'm a simple guy. It all comes down to how hungry are you? There you go. How thirsty are you? There you go. And uh, again, just being the simple guy that I am, I take the word of God for what it says. Good. And I believe that that's, we're missing in the church right now an actual dose of the word. Yes, yes. And what we're getting is a lot of grins and giggles. We get a lot of good stories. We get a lot of, you know, motivational speeches. But who's really out there saying things like there is a harvest coming. That's right. That's right. And here's how we know. There's a reckoning coming. That too. And, <laughs> and, you know, who's out there telling, you know, the, the, the church, right? We understand that prophetically Isaiah talks about, you know, when Jesus was born, we all recognize the Christmas scripture, right? That's right. Right. For unto us is born. A child is born. A child is born, right? Yeah. And the Government will be upon his shoulders. Yeah, we all know that. Where are the shoulders? There you go. Are the shoulders not on the body? Supposed to be. And Jesus is the head? That's right. So the government is where? On the body. Exactly. And where are we hearing this? We're not hearing that in church. We're not hearing that... Here's why we need to be involved civically. Here's why we need to to, to be different. That salt and light you were talking about that yes, yes, earlier. Yes, yes, In every arena. And it doesn't matter which arena. But we've got to do these things in order to affect the whole. And the Amen. church should not step back no, no. from influencing government. Now, I'm not, I'm not, some people would say you're, you're a Christian nationalist. I'd say, no, I'm not. I'm not suggesting that. I, I'm just suggesting that we be heaven's leaven. You know, Pastor Jeff, you're just a Christian. That's it. This is what a Christian should right. be. Exactly. You know, there's a de-emphasis on obedience, uh, which is a terrible thing because it's a de-emphasis on the very life of Christ. Amen. I mean, people say, I believe he died in a cross for me. Well, he did a lot more. Yes. If he just died on a cross for you, what was his three years of teaching? Mm-hmm. Was it a waste of time? If you don't follow his teachings, hmm. that death on the cross doesn't help you. Right. 
I mean, uh, the devil knows that he died on the cross. Right. Uh, the devil knows he's a son of God, but he doesn't follow the teachings of Christ. Correct. And so we must follow the teachings of Christ. Yes. And today, Pastor Jeff, you know, there's such a pollution of the faith. Yeah. Uh, just believe. No, it's a lot. Believe means that here, rely, trust, and obey in the Correct. Greek. Yeah, right, right. So if you're going to follow the teachings of Christ, you're born again. I mean, just that point to obedience. Just take it to the very simple act of baptism. Right? Yes. How many, I'm sure you've experienced the same thing. In three decades of ministry, I can't count on both. I mean, I'm multiple times I've come across people who have not been water baptized. Yes, you're right. And, and, and yet if you even look at the narrative John of, of Acts 10 where Peter is preaching right in Cornelius's house he brings up the baptism of Jesus yes and then what happens after that is the infilling of the Holy Spirit for Jesus so both baptisms are listed in Acts 10 for Jesus but my point being that if you're not even water baptized but Jesus was and when Jesus showed up at the Jordan he and John had the discussion I should be being baptized by you Jesus and Jesus said no 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 it's fitting to yes. fulfill all righteousness. Yes, so yes, yes. So Jesus was water baptized. Are you saying, if you're not water baptized, are you saying that you're better than Jesus, who was the Lamb of God? See? Spotless. Yeah, what are they saying? What are they saying? Yeah, yeah. And not obeying. Yeah, and they're not taking the Word of God seriously when Jesus tells us to be. And so to say it's not important is the same type of mentality that's saying the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not important. Correct. Well, then what are you doing? Are you standing up for the cause of Christ? Are you defending God's laws in the Bible? Or what are you doing? Just keeping quiet so you're not attacked? And this infiltrated the church. And in oh. fact, I know that you know, and yes. we don't need to name names, yes. but we've got big ministries out there now yes. saying that the Old Testament isn't applicable. We yes. don't need the Old Testament anymore. Well, then were you going to erase all the Old Testament references in the New Testament? You know, the Old Testament was not repeated in the New Testament. It's like going to algebra. You don't go to ABC, <laughs> one, two, three, basic mathematics. It's taken for granted and you move on. Correct. So the understood truth in the Old Testament didn't have to be regurgitated. Right. You're supposed to build upon it. Exactly. And so sin is sin. Amen. And a prophet <laughs> is a prophet. Yes. And so this is the problem is they've tried to cut the Bible in half. Mm-hmm. It's one book, Pastor Jeff. Amen. Amen. The Old Testament yep. is the New Testament contained, and the New Testament is the Old Testament explained. You cannot understand the Bible without understanding both Testaments. That's exactly right. You've and got yet, to understand them both. But we have oh, yeah. a section of the body of Christ that is trying to, you know, what they're deconstructing things these days. You know, the emergent church lies that teaches the Bible is evolving. They teach that Jesus Mm -hmm. is not against homosexuality and sins condemned in scriptures because scripture is evolving. With this heresy, a person does not need a pastor anymore. All you need is a psychologist or evolutionist. Right. And so this is heresy. It is heresy. And all of this leads up to how the pulpit has failed. There you go. And why we need the bride to rise again. You know, we understand, again, back to the prophets, back to the Old Testament, right? Isaiah talked about a day when there would be gross darkness on the face of the earth. Yet at the same time, it says, my glory will arise and shine upon you. There you go. Arise, shine, for my light has come. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the warning program or watching it. I've had Pastor Jeff Hastings, Reset Church, Marysville, Washington. 
I'll tell you what, if you're in the area, attend the church. I think you're going to like it because you need to be under a pastor like an Issachar that can really speak the truth, that can see what's about to happen and gives warning so you can prepare yourself, not to be a victim, but so you can prosper. Again, Reset Church, Marysville, Washington, Pastor Jeff Hastings. Now, we're going to show you The Science of Judgment, a book I wrote in over 200 Bible colleges. It's going to be used. And also, Eagle Saving Nations, we've got to have another great awakening. Go to my website, www.worldministries.org. Subscribe to Eagles Saving Nations. It's what we've talked about. Getting into the NFL stadiums, the NBA stadiums, the civic centers, the churches, venues. Get in there and at the baptism of the Holy Spirit, once again, come down upon those that attend so they can go forth with power and authority and stop the tyranny and the toppling of the United States of America. Yes, amen. Pastor Jeff, thank you for being on the warning program. Thank you for having me, Dr. Hansen. God bless you. Reverend Dr. Jonathan Hansen has written a book titled The Science of Judgment. God is predictable. There is a scientific pattern for the rise and fall of nations throughout history. We need to understand the laws or the rules of design regarding prophecy and judgment. When it comes to the laws of judgment and prophecy, denominational or personal belief systems have nothing to do with the reality or the certainty of the rule of judgment. Dr. Hansen's objective is to warn leaders of nations of the second coming of Jesus Christ and the plagues or judgments that are coming upon these peoples and nations that reject Jesus Christ as Savior according to the Scriptures. Dr. Ronald E. Cottle, founder and president of Christian Life School of Theology, states that this book is a must-read for Christians and other leaders in the United States and in other nations. It is clear, powerful, and well-reasoned. We all owe a debt of gratitude to Dr. Jonathan Hansen for the years that have gone into the research and writing of The Science of Judgment. This book has more than 300 pages, divided up in five sections. Part 1, The Science of Judgment, has chapters titled such as The Laws Regarding Prophecy and Judgment, Patterns of Apostasy, Purpose of Chastisement, Standards for Justice and Mercy, God Forgives When People Repent, God Holds Nations Responsible for What Leaders Do, Parental Responsibility, The Feasts of the Lord, Solomon's Transgressions and Their Consequences, Righteous Kings versus Evil Kings, Example of King Jehoshaphat, Ungodly Alliances, God is Predictable, God Holds People Accountable, Man can turn into an intelligent beast to do evil. Section 2, The Deception of the Theory of Evolution, has chapters titled as Problems with the Theory of Evolution, Evolution and Racism, Darwin's Hatred of Christianity and its Fruit. Section 3, Why Must There Be Judgment, has titles such as The Fall of America and Her Destruction, Cult Christianity, Radical Liberal Politics. Section 4, Kings, Dictators, and Presidents with the following chapters listed as People Choose Their Nation's Leaders Qualifications for Godly Leadership Romans 13, Delegated Authority Satan is in charge of this world, not Jesus If laws violate conscience, we must disobey Finally, Part 5, So What Must We Do? These chapters are listed as We are in a cultural war Our responsibility to a hostile government The Christian's Science of Judgment with turmoil ever increasing throughout the nations as Bible prophecy is coming to life right before our very eyes, one must read The Science of Judgment to have a clear understanding of these events and the reasons why. Call 360-629-5248, 360-629-5248, 
That is 360-629-5248 and request your copy of The Science of Judgment for a donation of $35 or more plus shipping and handling. Thank you and shalom. Shalom.